You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Hang around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge Church. Sermon notes for this message or any of our other messages can be found through our website, missionridge.church. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy. We are continuing our Sabbath series. It's a five-week series. Uh, Last week, we started off with stop. Logan kicked us off with stop. This week, I'm talking about rest. Then we'll move into delight. Uh, Jen will be leading us in that delightful conversation. And then I'll come back and we'll talk about contemplation. And Logan will finish this series up with bringing everything all together. I want to ask you, uh, Logan did a great job last week. I uh, loved the sermon that he gave. But how did you do with last week's next step? Did you take time to evaluate what your not enough is? What gets in the way of you Sabbathing. I know that when I took over as lead pastor, uh, as executive pastor, I had some responsibility for Sunday mornings, but I figured I could just show up and wing it and, and my part was done. But when I took over as lead pastor, it was like, that was a whole nother thing. And the, the pressure, the weight of the organization felt much different. And I had a hard time adjusting my Sabbath to that reality. And my not enough was just me. <laughs> was I enough? Was I enough to be doing this job? Um, so what's your not enough? Did you make Sabbath holy? It, it, is that choice that you made? Did you shift your schedule, your habits to create a space to Sabbath? I know for Logan and I, we have adjusted our work schedule so that we could Sabbath in better ways. And again, this kind of tied into uh, you know, like, am I enough? Am I going to be able to do enough? Will I uh, be seen as doing enough if I don't practice my sermon on Saturday? If I don't fine tune the, the notes, if I don't tweak things just a little bit. So we, to get away from that, we moved our timeline up so that we got things done sooner so that all the slides are done, the notes are done, you know, we're going to just rest. And then for our family, uh, Christy has a hard time resting when, when the house is a mess. And so since my first day off is Friday, I've started cleaning the house on Friday so that we can Sabbath together on Saturday. That was our choice of Sabbath on Saturday. And it's made a, made a difference. It's helped us out. So how's that worked out for you? One of the things that I realized is that we, we had never really defined Sabbath. We've actually talked an awful lot about what Sabbath is not, that we're not going to have Sabbath police, that there's no one out here double checking, you know, making sure that your, your Sabbath is just right. You know, there's no Nehemiahs ready to pull out beers, none of that. And so we want to communicate what we what we are driving for when we talk about Sabbath as a church. It's a weekly 24-hour period that we choose, that we choose. I think family by family, this is a choice that you make or you don't make. Um, 
that we choose to set apart to cease, that's what Sabbath means, cease, uh, from our regular routine. So we're going to do something different so that we can intentionally engage with God, ourselves, and those important to us. Sabbath is highly relational, and we want to communicate that. So this is our working definition. It's, it's in your bulletin. If you want to look at that later, if you want to throw darts at it or, or pull it apart and kind of wrestle with, well, is this, do I believe this part? Do I like that? Um, you know, if you have a better rec, uh, definition, let me know. Um, but it's, it's a 24-hour period that we choose. So, so for Christy and I, our choice is Saturday. We start Friday night and we end Saturday night. And typically we have our kids uh, join us for dinner on Saturday night. So it goes a little bit longer than 24 hours for us as a family. Um, I know that many of us in the room maybe didn't even think about it, but Sunday is your Sabbath. And if someone ever asked you, you'd be like, oh yeah, of course it's Sunday. It's your de facto Sabbath. And that's, and that's fine. That's perfectly good. I think there's been, in Christian history, that's probably been the most popular day because that's the day that Christ was resurrected. Uh, for Jen Bartlett, she chooses Friday. I know that uh, Scott Blake at one point was doing Wednesdays. Not sure if that's still true, but um, so it's a 24-hour period that you set apart. When you set it apart, by the way, you are making it holy because that's what holy means. It's set apart. And I know that this idea of Sabbath has all kinds of baggage. I think we find the baggage, it starts with what we read in the New Testament. And, and maybe this story is familiar to you. Uh, departing from there, Jesus went into their synagogue and man was there whose hand was withered. And they asked Jesus, asking, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And so they, they asked that, that they might accuse him. And he said to them, what man is there among you who has sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then it was, so then it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And so there, there's these Sabbath conversations in the New Testament. And they seem pretty negative, right? Jesus is being accused of not obeying Sabbath because he chooses to heal on Sabbath. And so I, th I think sometimes as Christians, we kind of, the pendulum swung too far. Like Jesus, the Pharisees were over here going, are you doing Sabbath right? Are you doing Sabbath right? Which, which by the way, if I'm, if I'm monitoring your Sabbath on my Sabbath, aren't I working? <laughs> Isn't that a thing? But so the pendulum's over here and Jesus is trying to bring it to the middle. And in American Christianity, we kind of bring it clear over here and we're like, Ah, Sabbath is a negative thing. That's a Jewish thing. We're not talking about that. And yet it's a biblical thing. It's a creation thing. And by the way, verse 8 of that Matthew 12 story says that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And maybe Sabbath has value for you and I. The author of Hebrews, whoever they may be. Uh, Marty likes to say whoever she may be because the, the possibility that a woman wrote it, which uh, in that ancient world for, for, for a woman to speak authoritatively about God would be 
mind blowing. So, um, but whoever wrote Hebrews talks about Sabbath this way. Therefore, let us fear if while a, a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word that they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. And so the author saying they had good news preached to them. He's talking about the Israelites as they're coming out of Egypt, as they're wandering the desert, right? As they're at Mount Sinai, that God's going to lead them into the promised land, that, that uh, they're going to go to a, a land of milk, milk and honey. That was their gospel message. That was their exodus. Well, we have a similar kind of story that's preached to us. It's good news. God wants to lead us on this journey of knowing him. That was always part of it. It's not just that when we pray the prayer of salvation, that we're free from sin. That's, that's part of it, but that we actually have this restored relationship. And, 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 and he wants to teach us how to live life completely differently. Will we accept that that full message with faith, this writer's asking. For we who have believed enter that rest. Sabbath is part of the conversation if we believe the message preached to us, if we have this restored relationship through the Lord of the Sabbath. Just as he said, as I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. A little tongue-in-cheek there. It's mentioned somewhere, if you can imagine where that might be. Genesis, anyone? A little tongue-in-cheek there. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who firmly had good news preached to them, failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he fixes a certain day, today, saying through David after so long a time, just as has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. This is the New Testament. There remains a Sabbath rest for those of us who Christ call Christ as our Lord and our Savior. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. When we say, you know what, Sabbath, that was an Old Testament thing, not for me. I don't have to partake in that. I've been freed from the burden of Sabbath. It's an act of disobedience. It's an act of disobedience. And, and, and we, we excuse ourselves. There, there's phrases like, you know, there's, there's no rest for the wicked. Have you ever said those words? Were you talking about yourself? Aren't you a saved one? Aren't you a saint? Aren't you called by Christ? But you would say, there's no rest for the wicked. I'll rest when I die. 
I've said that. Have you applied that line of thinking to yourself? It's contrary to the gospel. It's part, Sabbath is part of the invitation of knowing Christ. He is the Lord he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And, and should we benefit people because of Sabbath? Absolutely. We should benefit people because of Sabbath. But he is Lord of the Sabbath. And so the people of Israel did not enter God's rest because they were disobedient, because they lacked faith. And through Christ... Christ is, is leading us to Sabbath too. Now, we talk about this all the time that, that, you know, Christ came because of Genesis 3, right? Well, when was Sabbath introduced? In Genesis 2. If we're going to get back to the garden, if we're going to get back to experiencing all that God has for us in Genesis 2, restored relationship, all that kind of stuff, Sabbath is a part of that picture. Now, I know the Israelites, they were given very specific commands about how to express Sabbath, how to experience it, what it's supposed to look like for them. And it hasn't been given to us. And I think sometimes that, that freedom, I, I don't know, too much freedom is kind of like Lord of the Flies for me. Like I, I kind of, it'd be nice to have a little bit of, you know, like give me a little bit of, you know, wh where the white lines are on the road. <laughs> Help me out a little bit, right? Um, and, and we see the effects of people not resting well. I mean, last year, I think really highlighted this for me because I asked you this time last year, how rested do you feel? The government told you to stay home. You, you didn't leave your house to work. You, you couldn't go out. You know, we were put in timeout because of the pandemic. And how rested were we? We were a mess, corporately. We were a tired bunch. Why, why was that? Why was that? Uh, some things that we may need rest from. We, need, we may need rest from focusing on the pandemic. We need, may need to just put some of that away. Uh, we may need rest from a project at work. Maybe a move of a church. <laughs> Rob might need rest from thinking about all he has to do this week, like uh, submit a, a letter of intent on renting a, a, a large space leasing a space for 10 years. I might need to put some of that aside. Uh, we may need to put away our frustration with the kids. We, we may need to rest from that. I don't do that very well sometimes. Don't ask my wife. Um, fretting over physical ailment, whether it's our, our physical ailment or someone else's, and, and worrying about all the details, all, all, all the financial issues, all the... You know, things we have to talk to the doctor about, what this means for next week and the month after that. And, and, and like we may have to just rest from dwelling on that or dwelling on financial stress. We may need to rest from those 
kinds of things. And how many of these things get in the way of us actually meeting with God and enjoying him? You know, when, when God goes looking for Adam in, in Genesis 3, he says, where are you? Um, maybe a better translation is, why are you not here? It, it, it's not a, where are you? Because I, I don't know, but why did you not meet me is really what God's trying to get to with Adam in that. And maybe that was a Sabbath conversation. Why did you not meet me here? Why are you worried about so many things? Think of Jesus with Martha. You worry about so many things, but your sister chose something better and I won't take it away from them. Maybe that was a Sabbath conversation. What is getting in the way of you resting with God? What's that for you? Marty Solomon, uh, he, uh, he's been really influential in my life when talking about Sabbath. And uh, we've got this video of our friend Marty. Let's take a listen. Hey, Mission Ridge. Uh, today is our second installment of the Sabbath Diaries. And as you walk through this path of stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplating, I wanted to reflect on this second idea today of resting. Uh, I wasn't raised in my Jewish heritage. I wasn't raised in a Jewish context. I was raised going to church in a evangelical Jesus context my whole life. So I wasn't raised with this commitment to Sabbath from a Jewish perspective that I have learned so much from and try to share today. And I say try to share because it's such a learning curve for me today. And uh, we'll talk more about that, I think, in our last week um, and those last thoughts together. But as I, as I experienced Sabbath, and I'll save you some of those details of all the different ways that I had mentors teach me about Sabbath and all the ways that I learned just about uh, not, not necessarily the Sabbath, like Saturday or even the weekly, just the idea of creating a Sabbath space. I mean, that's where it started for me. Um, I had a mentor that told me I, I, I just worked and worked and worked. And on my days off, I found different kinds of work to do. And I, I just needed to find a space where I could just listen to God. And so I had a mentor teach me about just creating uh, silence and solitude in my life. What it really was was the beginnings it was the seeds of Sabbath for me. And it wasn't some weekly commitment where I said, I'm going to do this every single week from, but for me, it just started there. But I was very quickly hooked because I found how powerful it was, um, how much I experienced the presence of God, the voice of God in my life by simply creating, stopping and creating space. And I think what impressed that upon me was this idea of rest, rest. Like I was raised in the typical world that most of you all probably were raised in, a world of production. I was a straight A student. I was a, 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 an athlete, a very committed athlete in multiple sports. I, um, I was an overachiever on every level. And I just built my life around this 
I will produce, I will produce, I, I will achieve and I will, and that's excellent. I'm actually very um, thankful that I have so many teachers and coaches and, and leaders in my life that instilled that in me, that initiative, that drive, that fire, but I had never been handed the other side of the coin, which I discovered was so helpful. And again, just like last week, I'm not speaking of a practical rest. I'm not speaking of the fact that I was physically tired or emotionally exhausted and I needed, those things are true. And of course we all need rest and that's a beautiful benefit of set. That's not what I'm, I'm talking about a spiritual rest. The ability to, one of the things that I learned about Sabbath was how much my, the Hebrew word would be soul, nefesh would be the Hebrew word, nefesh. My nafesh just wanted to rest and to find a space. And for me, I know it's different for others. For me, I didn't have to fight this. I know some people get into Sabbath and they feel like they have to fight this. Oh, I know I, I need to learn. I want to learn how to rest, but everything in me just fights it. Uh, I, I had found a space where the whole purpose of that space was to rest. And so while it was a challenge to shift my mental capacity, I had to like, I had to constantly tell myself it was okay to rest. My whole being outside of my brain, I feel like, was just like, oh. I just fell into this beautiful space. And I think, I think the rest portion, um, I've been trying to reflect on this idea of stopping, resting, delighting and contemplating and I may be rushing ahead to step four here but I feel like the the stopping is where God gets to speak his narrative his truth into my life the rest what I learned is the rest was where I that was where I met God I met God in the rest that's where God was he was resting he had beat me there God had which makes sense doesn't it I mean Genesis 1 God institutes red. It makes sense that he's beat me to that space. He's already there kind of like waiting for us to show up. It's not that God shows up. He was already there. It's that we show up. So I, I feel like God had already beat me to that space. And when I found, when I found rest, I also found the presence of God. I found God. Not like he wasn't in all those other spaces, but I found God in a way that was completely unique and that I think it was in out of stopping resting delighting contemplating rest was where that was where the internal work happened that was where the transformation the restoration took place so stopping and resting another day in the Sabbath diaries Shabbat Shalom How about your nefesh? How about your soul, your spirit? Does it feel rested? Do the people around you feel rested because of your Sabbath time, your connection time with your God? Or are they feeling your busyness, your hurry, your un-
rest. As a staff, we, we, we take a, a Sabbath day one, during the week, once a month. And it was, it was kind of awkward the first few times we did this, the first few months. So like we take one, uh, it used to be on Wednesday, we moved it to a Monday. But like the first time, I'm, I'm like, all right, I, I've prayed for two hours and now what do I do? I wasn't adding in the other elements of the resting and the, and the delighting and, and the contemplating. I wasn't, I, I was just like, oh, I'm supposed to pray. Like, I'm praying for and two hours and one minute. Now my day is shot. <laughs> it wasn't working because I, I, I felt like I had to do. Like even prayer can be something that we do. Like I got to do something for God. I'm a pastor for Christ's sake, you know, like I got to do something like this, this church, is it going to grow? Are people going to die in the vine? Are people going to know who Christ is if I don't do something? You know, we, we stop to tell the world, now, I have a, I have a different God than, than, than what the, the rest of the world has this, has this other God that drives them. We have a different God. And so I stop, but it's not just a stopping because God wants to know if you'll meet him there. And, and, and Marty says, you know, like, I, I didn't get here on purpose. I wasn't looking to rest. I wasn't looking to Sabbath. Someone actually had to mentor him. And I, and I got to thinking about that because who, who's your mentor? Who, who, who told you, hey, are you partaking in Sabbath? Because, because I didn't get introduced to this until I became a pastor. And then suddenly it was, it was important. I, I don't remember sermon one on this topic, let alone a series prior to last year. Why is it important for a pastor to Sabbath, but not the people of God? No one mentored me. I had a, I, I had a guy that mentored me uh, about a lot of, he discipled me on a lot of issues and I needed it. Just ask my wife. I needed it but he didn't mentor me on this because there's a, there's a sacred or there's a, there's a secular work rest cycle. Let's take a look at this. Maybe, maybe you know this where you work, 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 work. And 51 weeks later, you're like, I need a vacation. But when we get back from vacation, what do we need? We need rest. Yes. Because we didn't rest all year long. And we finally took a vacation. And it took us all week to decompress. And now we need another vacation because of our vacation. Because this is what the world says. This is what the Israelites were told. And tell me that our world doesn't say any different than Egypt. We work and 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 we work. And then when we're all out of, you know, anything else, then we rest. And it's not really rest because we're just so exhausted. This is the work rest cycle that we're supposed to see. Where we work six days and then we rest. We work six days 
and then we rest. And, by the t- and when we get to vacation, we're not trying to do the year's worth of resting, and we can actually have fun. We can actually enjoy it. This is the sacred work-rest cycle that God introduces to us in Genesis chapter 2. And Jesus is Lord over. So pick a 24-hour period within your week and experience your God. Cease from whatever you normally do. Cease from whatever you normally do. Engage with him relationally. Intentionally engage with your God, with yourself, isn't it? Like, is, didn't Marty, like, didn't Marty find a piece of himself in, while resting? Didn't he find more about himself in, in experiencing his God in that time? But then also engage with those who are important to you. Because we were created for this. And we're not created just to be consumers of Sabbath, but purveyors of it. We need to hand Sabbath out to other people. We need to disciple people. I wasn't discipled on how to Sabbath. And so how many people did I disciple to Sabbath? Nobody, because I discipled what I was discipled on. If you were never discipled to Sabbath, I bet this is an awkward conversation, even year two into this, right? Like, no one ever told me how, like, I've never even tried this before. I remember Scott Blake, he was mad the first time I said anything about it. <laughs> and then he started enjoying it. A few months later, it was like, I can't enjoy this. But the first time, like, he was spitting mad. I don't blame him. And, and I'm still learning this set. Like yesterday, I you know, being a purveyor of, this, of Sabbath, being a, someone who gives Sabbath out instead of just taking it all in. Like that's the, that was the point that Jesus was trying to make. Like we, we should be a blessing in our Sabbath. We shouldn't be known as being the curses of Sabbath, but the blessing of Sabbath to the people that... I, I, Christy's watching a couple of TV shows with, with Joy. They sit down once a week to watch... Uh, one of their shows, and, and, and I go into the kitchen, I'm going to make dinner, and, and the kitchen is like, <clears throat> um, six adults using a kitchen, and most of them forgetting how to use a scrubber, you know, that's a disaster, uh, and I was so mad, I was like, oh, it's my Sabbath, and God's like, why don't you give Sabbath away? Right now, you are making Sabbath available to your kids, to your wife, by choosing to serve them. So Sabbath shows up in a lot of different ways. Now, I said earlier that we may need rest from focusing on the pandemic and that project from work and frustration with someone else and fretting over physical ailment, dwelling on financial stress, but you all might need rest from me Focusing on the pandemic, that project at work, frustration with my kids, fretting over physical ailment, dwelling on financial stress. You might need rest from me dwelling on those things. 
focusing on those problems, those issues. You might need me to spend time in worship where I don't focus on how big those problems are because they are. They're big. They're problematic. They're challenging. There's all kinds of questions there. But you might need me to rest. And you might experience rest if I choose to do that. It might be a game changer for us. We were created by rest for our good. We were created for rest by God for our good. We're going to, at this point, hand out communion. And uh, if this is your first time with us, just know that uh, we have an open table, which means that if you are here to celebrate Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then we invite you to partake with us. And while he's passing out the elements, uh, we ask that you hold them. We'll take them together, but we will talk through the implication and next steps. And I know I'm messing with my buddy in the next room. But uh, he loves me. Uh, you were created to need regular rest in God. You were, you were created with that need. And, and, and that's what your soul is crying out for. If this morning you're going, I don't feel restful. You were created by God to need regular rest in him. And so if you're not experiencing that, that's what that, that's what that hunger inside of you is. Some next steps. Number one, have a discipleship conversation this week. What gets in your way of fully resting? I invite you to take this step. We are, we are a discipleship church. We believe that we make disciples that make disciples. Now, for some of us, we need to go to our mentor we need to go to someone that is discipling us and we say, hey, I need to have this conversation about, about rest. Uh, Logan did that with his mentor here in town. Thank you, sir. Uh, he did that uh, 18 months ago. And it's really why we're having this conversation today because I saw what God was doing in Logan and I'm thinking, yeah, why, why, why just me? Why am I just focusing on Sabbath for myself? Why, why am I not thinking about it for our people? You may need to have that conversation with someone in your life that you're discipling, that you have way more understanding and knowledge about who Christ is, and, 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 and you just see them just kind of always nose to the grindstone, always working, never never able to relent, always going, always wore out, always like, like a battery that's always flashing red. You know, they're, they're just exhausted for, for whatever reason. They're exhausted. And, and, and you could just start that conversation. You know, you might say, hey, have you ever noticed that in America, we have a hard time resting? And that might be the conversation started with that person that hasn't even come to Christ yet, but you can invite them into what Christ has invited you into, which is a Sabbath rest. You may have a conversation about this diagram. 
about the secular versus the spiritual work rest cycle and how, how the world tells us that we need to live one way, but Christ invites us to live a different way because he is the Lord of Sabbath. He invites us into a Sabbath rest. Or maybe you need to have a peer-to-peer conversation. My wife and I do this all the time. We disciple each other. Some days she's discipling me. Sometimes I'm discipling her. We've had to work out together what, what Sabbath looks like. We've talked about, hey, this looks a lot of balance, you know, and one, one day it's me talking to her, some, another day it's her talking to me. Maybe that's where the conversation needs to start is with your spouse. Going, how are we doing with Sabbath? How are we doing with rest? Have a discipleship conversation. What gets in your way of fully resting? And then number two, experiment. Experiment with resting in God. Try it. Try something. Try something different. Try something new. That might be good. That might be helpful. That might work. Nope. Didn't work at all. <laughs> Let's try something different. We'll experiment again next week. This could be fun. It could be adventurous. It could be new. Doesn't have to be the same old, same old. Doesn't have to look the same two weeks in a row. Doesn't ever have to look the same. It's relational. It's, it's God of the universe. It's whatever helps you. And rest is not necessarily doing nothing. It, it could be a short meditative walk. For me, more often than not, I go to the gym because after I go to the gym, I'm ready to rest. It could be worship. It could be hosting a feast. Maybe that is the most restful thing you could think of. I mean, you can use paper plates, of course, so there's no dishes, but no, Jen wants to do the dishes too. Like that is rest for her. Um, And Logan, he's doing the paper plates. I can see all kinds of reactions in the crowd. Love this. Have a feast. Have people over. Be relational. You can rest with other people. It's good. Unless people are not restful for you, then don't have the feast. Um, take an afternoon nap, have a break from technology. If like me, watching 14 hours of football is not restful, actually 14 hours of football might be restful. 14 hours of Netflix, no bueno. So, uh, yeah, 14 hours of watching movies is not restful for me. I've learned that. I, I don't do that anymore. I might watch football next Saturday. Who knows? When does college football start? I'll be there. I'll be there. A couple weeks. Experiment. Experiment. Try things out. Find ways to rest in God. You were created to need regular rest in God. And we need to take that time. And we need to invite others into that as well. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a church focused on relational discipleship and located in Missoula, Montana. If you are in the Missoula area, we would love to have you come say hello. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church. 
We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in. 